great Scott. Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh? Oh, yeah. Then you're in the right place. I'm going to make him an offer again. Life moves pretty fast. Welcome to the Man Cave Chronicles. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles podcast, a podcast of talk culture where everyone has a story. My guest this week, you've seen him on Showtime's The Shy as Detective Bill Wallace, actor Brian King. Brian, how you doing? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Well, what's going on with you for 2018? Uh, no, uh, it's been a pretty good run so far. What are we? Uh, tomorrow's April 1st. Jeez. Uh, yeah, it's been good. Just uh, We just finished up our show uh, two weeks ago was the finale, so I'm kind of uh, coming down from all that uh, and then getting ready for the weather to be summer. <laughs> you got any plans for the summer i mean just be outside uh just uh i got work a lot of i got a couple of shoots coming up and uh baseball's just starting so that'll be cool and uh just be out on a, on a lake and do some fun stuff i guess i'm pretty boring man <laughs> Dr- <laughs> drink there you go there's nothing wrong with that so you're from uh you're from chicago are you from chicago like do you have did you just move there or are you there from were you born there I was born and raised in Chicago, uh, actually on the south side of Chicago. Uh, and uh, my Chicago story is kind of crazy. It's just like grew up on the south side, went to high school on the north side, and then like lived downtown and, you know, had like, I pretty much run the gamut of creative life in Chicago, like yeah. uh, from like in college, like working at Second City in the box office to like, I wrote commercials for 10 years at like one of the biggest agencies in the country that's out of here. And I did move to LA for a little while and I um, lived out there for a little while, which I love. And now I get to go back and forth. Yeah. Uh, but my home base is now back again in Chicago. So you say you're, Have you ma- been, you've been, no, I, that's actually, I, I want to go to Chicago. Uh, I, we almost went last year for my birthday, but it wasn't, I was trying to get to a Cubs game. I've always wanted to go to a Cubs game. Uh, but we yeah. just never, we just never made it out there. I'm guessing you're not a Cubs fan. You're a White Sox. Fan. <laughs> yeah, I'll answer that. I know what you're gonna ask me. And no, no, no. I'm from the South Side, White Sox all the way, brother. Yeah. I actually grew up like my grew up a few blocks away from the stadium, actually, which back then was Comiskey Park, but now it's that I don't know. Now it's Guaranteed Rate Field or some crap like that. But uh, yeah, man, not. I'm a big White Sox fan. Uh, but uh, you you definitely have to go experience that Cubs thing. You're missing it too because they're about to just like change that whole place over there. Yeah. Well, so uh, they, they re- go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, they just they're they're redoing all of Wrigley Field and like that whole area. So it's like it's a little bit more updated. Probably when you get here to finally see it, it'll be a different than it was. Yeah, they're trying to turn it into like a mini Fenway. With all this shops around, uh, is like that what it, yeah, totally. They're to, I mean, they're turning it into a mall of America. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's like hotels now and like crazy stuff. I mean, it's pretty cool to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, but you definitely got to check that out. As much as I'm not a Cubs fan, I'm a Chicago fan uh, first and foremost. But you definitely got to check that out because yeah. you'd love it, especially if you've been to Fenway. I've never been to Fenway. Fenway, Fenway is great. Like, you know, I try to go there once or twice a year. The thing about it is, like, yeah, the park, you know, because of the history of baseball and everything, the park is great, but to sit in those bleacher seats or, like, the grandstand seats, they're just so tight. Dude, that's exactly my issue with Wrigley when I go is, like, you're sitting on top of each other. Yeah. I mean, it's really not. And 
And the thing with Wrigley Field is that it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe Fenway's like this, but like Wrigley Field is a giant bar. So in the summer, if it's a one o'clock game, I mean, people are wasted. And it's usually like the younger 20s. You know, we all went through that. That's yeah. like kind of the culture here in Chicago where you go through a period in your in your 20s where you go to the day games in Wrigley and get wasted. But like the seats are so on top of each other that, you know, if you're there now with kids, you know, wasted 20 year old kids are like all over you. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. pretty I, unenjoyable. Yeah. yeah, I believe. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing, you know, like when I was in my 20s, I remember it was like, you know, you go to, you know, you go to the game with your friends, you have, you know, a beer in each hand, you know, and you, oh, you keep yeah. getting up. And now it's like, I mean, I have two kids, but they're not ready for Fenway Park yet. They're still young, but it's like, I go, even when I go with my wife, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of don't want to be near these 20 year olds anymore. Oh yeah. I mean, like I've always like built this plan in my head because I've seen it so many times when I've been at games where I'm like, when I have kids, if I ever have kids and I'm at a game, I'm just going to be like, Hey guys, like lean over to them in front of me and be like, I got your beers all day. Just don't be assholes. Pretty much. <laughs> like, you're, you're right don't puke that. on my kids. Don't turn around. I'll buy your beers. Just like be gentlemen and we're going to have a good day. Yeah. It'll be an expensive uh, day. But, but... Yeah, that's fine, but that's worth it. That's so worth it. There's no price you can put on anxiety, right? <laughs> exactly. 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 So, you know, as a baseball fan, were you like excited to watch the Cubs win the World Series? I mean, I root for them because they're my favorite National League team. I mean, I'm a diehard yeah. Red Sox fan, obviously, but it was nice to see them sure. win. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, it's it's a weird thing. And I got if my friends here, I got to watch my words here because my friends will probably listen to this eventually and they're going to give me a lot of crap about it. But it's like, you know, we won it in 2005, the White Sox. And, you know, it's such an amazing feeling, as you know, for yeah. sure, as a Red Sox fan. So to watch, you know, the city go, like, again, to feel the city be really happy about it, uh, that was exciting, and I wasn't rooting against them, but I wasn't rooting for them. That's yeah. kind of my stance on yeah. it. But, like, you know, the moment they win, I'm not out there talking shit to my friends at all because I don't want them doing me, doing that to me when we win it this year in 2018. But I don't want them doing that to me, yeah. so I don't do that. But the moment they won, dude, it was, like, tons of videos and texts, like, yeah. hey, King, get off my lawn. We won. And it was just, like, I can't handle it. Yeah. It was kind of like the, uh, like, like the Subway World Series with the Mets and the Yankees. I, you know, I don't really care for the Yankees. As an organization, I respect them, but I was rooting for the Mets to beat them. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, I don't want to root ever against Chicago teams, but I'm not going to root for – I mean, like, the Cubs are the only thing. They're like the minor thing that I just can't – like, I can't handle. It's like in my DNA a little. Yeah. Um, but luckily, <laughs> the, the funny thing about the whole uh, Chicago uh, Cubs World Series thing is that – I'm not a political guy, but like they won and then like Trump won like 10 days later. So it kind of erased <laughs> the Cubs thing, yeah. which was pretty funny to watch because it was like, holy cow, they really won it. This place is going to implode. And then the Trump thing happened and then the Cubs thing just went away immediately. Yeah. So you're like, I was kind of laughing pretty hard <laughs> that they didn't get their day in the sun with it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, because I thought that was going to be super obnoxious for a long time. <laughs> But they're going to be good for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they have the – I mean, I was mad when Epstein left the Red Sox, but at the same time – Oh, that's know, right. He was – Yeah. You know, he wanted more control of stuff, and he wasn't getting it at the Red Sox. So I don't blame him yeah, for leaving. To, to watch a guy like that, like to be like so great what he did for the Red Sox and then to see that he's actually that great and it wasn't a one thing, you have to root for a guy like that, right? Oh, yeah. Especially when he's your guy. Like 
I, I, that's what I really appreciate about it. Like that dude being so young and so badass, like that's really cool. Oh yeah. He's going to go to the hall of fame. Oh, for sure, dude. I have actually a funny story. Uh, when I worked in advertising before I quit my job to be, um, you know, I was able to quit my job to act full time. I, uh, my bosses called me in my, into their office and they're like, uh, Hey, we have an opportunity to work on the Chicago Cubs and we want you to work on it. And I said, uh, Oh no, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I go, uh, no, nah, I'm not gonna, I, I, I'm not going to do that. And they're like, well, we're not really asking you as much as we just did. You're working on the Chicago Cubs pitch. And I'm like, you, yeah. uh, and so I had to like work on, uh, creating cam- a campaign or two to sell the Chicago Cubs and, you know, a couple of my ideas made it to the final round. So here I am in like Wrigley field, uh, cause the offices were actually in Wrigley field. So like you, where you see the big red sign, is like where their offices are. So imagine like an office with cubicles, but it like winds around <laughs> like a, like a, like a cruise ship. Uh, and we're in this, in this office and uh, they, uh, we presented a bunch of radio spots to them. And uh, one of them is for the Crosstown Classic. Do, would you, who's your, who do you guys play? Do you for, guys have like, well, you know, for, uh, you know, interleague play or whatever. Uh, Oh, we play well. We play well. This year we're playing Miami and uh, Miami. Okay, that's one of the teams we're playing for interleague play. Uh, I haven't really looked yeah. at the whole schedule. Yeah, we played the Cubs twice here. It's called, we call it the the, the Crosstown Classic. Yeah. So I had to present these uh, these ads to them about it, and like they just like started going. They had no idea I was a Sox fan, and my boss was like, "Do not tell them." And uh, they just started going in so hard on like Ozzy Guillen at the time and like, oh, yeah. all these socks things. And I was like, I just wanted to jump across the table. <laughs> <laughs> it was rough, man. <laughs> so, uh, so you grew up in Chicago, and did you go to college for advertising, or did you like minor in acting? How did that all come about? I, I went. You know what's fun? I actually started as an art major, and then uh, I was like, you know what, dude, I, I need to get into the acting thing because I always wanted to do it, and uh i wanted i told my parents that my dad was like hey i'm cool with that but if you want to i studied acting for a year and then he was like if you want to really do this let's make a deal that you get a degree in something else as a backup plan so i'm cool with it and i was like all right so then i got a backup plan. i got a degree in uh, copywriting uh okay. marketing so then um uh, when i graduated i was like sending out portfolios to get advertising jobs and then my best friend was a PA on movies here and he was about to move to LA and I was like, man, I think uh, if I don't get a job by the end of this month, I'm going to go with you and let's go do this like LA actor, you know, film business thing. And then I ended up getting a job, uh, in advertising that was like, Hey, here's like $26,000 a year at the time. And here's insurance. And then like, I met a girl and then you're like, Oh my God, I just got a life. <laughs> now all this, and, ha- uh, all this happened in LA. No, that happened oh, here. Chicago, so I didn't okay. make it. So that, yeah, before that month was over, so I ended up staying in in Chicago, and he went out to LA for a little while. Um, but I never. So that kind of won at the time, and then I just started inching my way back towards acting, and then eventually it was just like, I gotta, I gotta do this. <laughs> so where did you, uh, where did you study acting? Like where did you uh, take classes? I only really studied it for a short time. Uh, at Arizona State. I went to Arizona State for a year. I went to a bunch of colleges, actually, which is completely awful. But uh, I went and studied that at ASU for a year. And then uh, I had a cool teacher there. 
and he was just kind of like also like hey you don't need a degree in this so much um when you get to la because in there you know we were in tempe and he was going to la every other week to pursue you know his acting and then would come back and teach and he's like it's not like they look at your resume and is like oh you have a degree in theater yeah. you're on friends there's <laughs> right. a tv show so uh at, you know being at arizona state was like being on a vacation that you're like this is awesome but like when do we go home like <laughs> this it's like nicer every day and uh so i came back to chicago after a year out there and then I got home and I went to Columbia here where I graduated. And at the time I went over to second city. I don't know. Do you know what second city is? I do like, know. Uh, second city is like, um, it's a, uh, it's comedy like institution here in Chicago where okay. like Bill Murray and, and Belushi oh, yeah. and Chris Farley and Mike Myers and, uh, everybody got their start and how they kind of like channel into a Saturday live. So I walked over there when I got back and I just like, asked them for a job like being like i'd do anything to just work here and they gave me a job in the box office and uh i worked there for a year and i just kind of was like quiet and just kind of sat in the back of the room and you uh that's all improv there well not all improv it's sketch comedy but then they do an improv set at the end of each show that's you know requests from the audience and stuff and when you work there you're not a, you get you know a certain amount of like free tickets and stuff but back then you could go to the improv sets for free so I lived across the street, luckily, too. So I would just go to the free improv sets and just sit in the back of the room and be like, oh, cool. I want to, you know, just set and took it all in. So yeah. as much as training was, it was me like studying for a year and then just like watching and listening. Did you uh, witness anybody that that is now like on something going through there? Um, at the time when, like, you know, there were people, um, there were people that were like, on the, they weren't on the stage there yet. They were like, they had traveling, uh, groups that like went to like businesses and colleges and performed. And there was like Jack McBrayer from 30 rock. And, um, actually when I was leaving there, um, Mike O'Brien, who was the head writer on SNL, who has the new show, his new show is AP bio on NBC. Okay. Uh, he was coming in there and there was a lot of bunch of like unbelievable people like TJ Jagodowski was on stage there. Who was like, like unbelievable he's one of the sonic guys in the sonic commercials okay he's like the guy in the passenger seat yep uh and then just like uh, amazing people who like end up being writers or you've seen them here and there that maybe aren't names like kevin dorf and susan messing and like it was, it was sammy hey uh sammy uh what was her name tammy uh sagar um yeah just people who like you were amazing maybe they didn't make it huge but they were still unbelievable yeah. uh yeah do you uh do you remember your first gig that you landed and what was it? Yeah, yeah man. Uh, my first gig uh, was uh, my first paid acting gig was I my best friend's dad hired me to be play Doctor Evil <laughs> for a big convention for Price Waterhouse Coopers uh, here in Chicago. I was like an idiot. I was like their son's idiot best friend who like slept on the floor all summer, like <laughs> staying up playing Sega and drinking beer and then crashed. And then the summer that Austin powers came out, like I would just like walk around doing Dr. Evil all morning, making them laugh. And, uh, he had an idea that he wanted to spice up his big, you know, speech at the, uh, at their big convention for like five, 400 people. And he's like, what if, would you do that with me? If we like wrote a, if you wrote thing or whatever. And I wrote like this thing for his speech. And then they like, some of it was like pre-taped and then I came out live and <laughs> I, dude, I was 
I mean, the amount of poop in my pants for how many months is like unbelievable. I mean, I, I was, I had no right doing this at like 19 or whatever it was. And, um, and, uh, they, he actually, cause they, you know, PricewaterhouseCoopers is such a huge, huge firm that, uh, they like flew in, they had money. So they like flew in this like makeup person from LA and like put me in makeup for like three and a half hours. Like they literally made me Dr. Evil. Jeez. And, um, uh, yeah. And then I like, we, again, we like pre-taped some of it. And then I had to go out on stage in front of 400 people and I've never done this ever. I mean, I have no idea. I still look at that. I'm like, what, what, dude, what were you thinking? But I mean, to for your best friend's dad, who's just like an amazing guy in their family is that like, to like entrust, to trust me like that and give me that break to this day is just like crazy. To me. Can you uh, still do an impression? Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know what? No. Uh, someone asked me the other day and, and when, I, when I was uh, in, doing an interview for something and they were like asking me about that. And I was like, because I think they got wind of that. And I was, I, I don't think I can. Yeah. I, Fig- I, figured I would ask. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I totally can. No, no, no. <laughs> who are like some of your influences in the acting world? Like, who do you look up to? Um. Uh, I think my influences growing up are like uh, definitely like Michael Keaton. Um, best Batman you know, ever. Best Batman ever, man. And Mr. Mom. I mean, like Mr. Mom. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, all that. Like Michael Keaton, John Candy. Man, John Candy is, he was, it's such a shame he's not around. I was watching Uncle Buck the other day and The Great Outdoors was on yeah. recently. And John Candy, man, like that guy could honestly like act. Um, to have like his like uh, you know his skills as a comedy guy, but really just he's just amazing. If you ever watch a John Candy movie or anything again, just watch what he's doing. He's so there and present and real. It's great, and that's why he's so funny, uh, you know. And then like Bill Murray's always been great. And, um, Bill Murray's probably one, I, I, one of my favorite actors. For, like, oh yeah, the Chicago movie. guy. Yeah, yeah, it kills me when I see him at those Cubs games. And it's like, ugh. Uh, <laughs> But he, uh, yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, yeah, you know, right now, there's like guys right now like Brian Darcy James, who's probably not as known. He's been in a bunch of movies, and you've probably seen him in tons of things like that. Sam Rockwell's always been like one of my dudes that I've always liked, or Steve Zahn. Um, but, you know, growing up, I think it was those kind of guys. Even in high school, I think it was like, you know, when we were in, because we talked about we're the same age, that like, in college, dude, like, even in, at the end of high school, like, Wayne's World, Austin Powers, oh, yeah. and then, like, Ace Ventura, and all the Jim Carrey stuff. I mean, those are huge comedy things that, like, looking back are kind of, like, huge hits that were cheesy and overplayed. But at the time, dude, that was it. I mean, like, they were everything. And that's all we did was quote and, and, and yep. do those voices and stuff, the mask. And so I think all that also had, like, a huge influence on me, mm-hmm. you know? And and this is a weird one, but, and I hate to even bring it up because the guy is such, is such a scumbag, but, uh, I watched the Cosby show like all the time growing up, yeah. you know, like that show was so good and so real. And like, there was like certain comedy there that was real that like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that was like a it's Thursday night. That was like a Thursday night thing. I think we all watched it. It was like, you know, like the Cosby oh, show and then, it, and then it was like cheers and yes. Yeah. The Man Cave Chronicles on Twitter at the MCC Podcast. We'll be right back.
rotoware.com rotoware big shout out to the rotoware uh company it's so goddamn comfortable can't recommend them enough man yeah. high quality t-shirts shout out to rotoware.com you see me rocking the shirts on the videos and stuff like that where'd you get that rotoware that is courtesy of rotoware it's just it's just the highest quality of shirts yeah i really like the baseball designs you got here the shirt is beautiful everybody who i've talked to who has the shirt basically says they can't believe how good the quality is. yeah kid i've seen you've been getting a lot of love you said you've been only running for a little over a month I- CBS guys are tweeting out shirts. I'm seeing fantasy personalities everywhere digging this guy's shirt. I love the Run DFS shirt. It comes with the baseball cards with all the different shirts on it. Rotoware on Twitter. Check out rotoware.com. Oh my God. Is this, is this shirt making love to me right now? Like, what's going on? I love this shirt. Hey, this is Keith Coogan, uh, Brad, and the Adventures of Babysitting Kenny in downtown on Babysitter's Dad. And you're listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. Yeah, I remember Dude, that. I actually, yeah, actually, one of my big, one of my big, if I can meet him, he's like in my top three. Is like, dude, Wings. Wings was my favorite show. Oh, I used to, remember I used to Wings? love Wings. Oh yeah, Stephen Weber and uh, oh Stephen Weber. That's one. Yeah, yeah, dude, Stephen Weber is my dude. Like that's the dude that, like, I can't even tell you the reason I'm an actor is because Brian on Wings. Like that he was guy funny. was just like he was a funny guy. He was unbelievably charming and funny and like. I don't know. There was just something about him. And like, uh, which by the way, they're like Tom Nevers field is out of Massachusetts. Wasn't it? Yeah. It was supposed to be out of Nantucket, I think. Yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I, I, I was telling, uh, another, you know, podcast the other day that like I, when I was in LA, I had, you know, some time to myself finally, you know, and I was just like, I'm going to go back and watch the shows that I loved growing up and, and study them and see why I really liked them and what, was really great about them to me and you know and i went back and watched the office all the way through but i watched wings all the way through and i was just like dude i like he's so great on that show still to this day but then i also realized that i am completely ripping off steven weber in every audition i have (laughs) (laughs) like literally some of my improvs are straight rip lines from wings there's nothing wrong with that because he's done a lot of a lot of stuff out there too oh yeah a lot of cameos i remember Oh, yeah, he's just one of those dudes that, like, you know, I I don't need to meet Tom, you know, The Rock or Tom Cruise or anything, but if I can meet Steven Weber one day, that'd be pretty darn cool. (laughs) So, uh, what you were saying about other shows, it's funny, because, like, you know, like, you know, I do the podcast as a hobby on the side, so, you know, I work during the day, and there's, at lunch, you know, I go home, I have an hour lunch, I, I go home, you know, I eat lunch, and I start watching, like, Hulu, and lately I've been watching Perfect Strangers. Oh, 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 dude, Chicago. That's in Chicago. I know. They live in Wrigleyville. I know. Oh, Balti Bartokamus? Yeah. And it's like, you know, you watch those old shows and you're like, man, it's like, yeah, for, for its time, there were great shows. You know, they might be a little bit cheesy now, but it's like, it brings back memories of your childhood. Yeah, but there's like, yeah, you're like, I, I can step outside of this and see why it's cheesy, but while I watch it, it's still freaking great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect Strangers is awesome. So... So how did you get on the shy? Tell us a little about that, like, you know, the whole story, like the whole procedure, what happened? Yeah, uh, it was about a year ago, uh, about, it was last March, so it was about a year ago, uh, which is still kind of pilot season, it was at the end of pilot season, and the shy thing was kind of under the radar, I think they wanted to be under the radar with the whole thing about it, so, uh, I got a, it's actually kind of a funny story. I woke up on a Monday morning. I wasn't feeling that great. So I woke up at like 11 o'clock, which is late for me. I mean, not that late. And, uh, and I saw I had a missed call 
and being like, you know, I, I, there was a miscommunication where I never got an email that I had um, over uh, for that audition that morning. So uh, in that time of year, it's crazy with auditions, you know, and so uh, I missed the audition, but they said they were cool enough to let me tape it at my house. Um, so I had, but I had to get it to him end of day. So I was like, geez, I got to memorize eight pages of lines. I have like two other auditions that day. I got to get this. It was like, you know, 12 o'clock and I had till five o'clock to send it to him. And I had eight pages to memorize and run downtown for two more auditions. It was crazy. And, uh, and it was like a Monday. So who's going to read this audition with me? Luckily a friend of mine got on FaceTime in LA and I put the FaceTime next to the camera and I was so, uh, I think I was so frustrated with having to rush because I really like to take my time and prepare that like my character on the shy is a very, um, he's a, he's, a, he's an interesting character who's not the greatest guy in the world and who is uh, pretty dark. And uh, so I think me being frustrated that day with it uh, helped with that. And uh, I self-taped it right here in my living room, um, which is kind of common these days, but uh, I sent it off was like whatever had a bachelor party that week in Vegas. So I kind of forgot about it. And then about a week later, my agent called me and was like, they want to put you on hold for, you know, May through, uh, October. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. But also like, you know, that's a common thing where you're put on hold for things, especially for me. And I never get it. So I was like, all right. And usually there's a callback. So there was no callback. Um, and then, uh, the following week I was driving out to the burbs to my friend's house and, uh, I got a call from my agent saying that um, you're going to play Detective Wallace on the shy. And I like was what? <laughs> and uh, pulled, o- pulled over the car and got a little emotional. And then, of course, it's like story of my life. Like I just get the biggest call in my life. And uh, I'm like calling my, you know, my dad, my mom, my brother, my sister, my best friend, my best friend, you know, help. And no one is no one's around. <laughs> is it always <laughs> no like that? Around. It's always like that. Whenever you have good news. No one is around. I have I like, you know. It's just, it was, it was unbelievably hilarious. Uh, but then I got to my, you know, my best friend's house and like, I'm like screaming, running into his house. His kids were like, what the heck is happening? And I'm like, I can't believe it. He was one of the few friends who actually knew about it. Cause I think I talked to him that day, how frustrated I was. I had to do this audition last minute. And it was, it was quite the celebratory. I think I had a cigar and a bourbon that night. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. So, so next time you it. next time you get a you know another audition, you just do it the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I prefer to do this at home last minute, please. Thank yeah. you. It seems like yeah. that's like like the 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 thing now in uh, for in the acting world. You know, a lot of people just don't even go to like to audition anymore. They just tape it at home and send it in. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think because it's so fast and furious, especially with pilot season and agents are busy and. Uh, there's no time for this stuff anyway. So, you know, and we live in a day and age where that's possible. I think for actors though, if you're not in LA or if if you're anywhere, I think that you're just in the back of your mind are like, are they really watching this? (laughs) Like, is this really, you know, uh, is anybody really going to see this and stuff? And then, I mean, I've done those a bunch of times and, you know, you have like, you know, this thing happened or that thing happened, but nothing like this where it's like, Oh my God especially with no callback. You're like, what? You know, I met the director for the first time. He took us all out to drinks before the pilot. And you're like, are you sure you, you want me to be in this? <laughs> so you're, so you can, I think he, go ahead. Oh, so go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was going to talk about your character, but go ahead. Finish your, uh... yeah. 
Oh no! Well, that's the thing. Like you know, the character is really diff- completely different than I am as a person, and yeah. like never played anything like that. So when I met the director at the drinks before, I think you could see in his eyes, like, is what is this guy? <laughs> like you know, like this is just a giant nine-year-old in front of me. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. Like, how do you prepare for that role? Because you, like you said, your character, you know, he's like a mean guy. He's got a you know dark side, and you're like the total opposite. Yeah, it's like, uh, well, luckily Showtime and like our showrunner, like, um, we set us up with this really great, um, this uh, really great Chicago detective guy that's worked with, you know, he worked in Homeland Security and he's a big detective and he was our, uh, he was our reference and like our our guide to all that. So Armando Riesco, who plays the other detective on the show, Cruz, were the two detectives and uh, we spent time with this, um, this guy, John, and he was amazing. And he was always there to to answer questions and stuff technically. And, uh, you know, uh, that was helpful. And then just as much as like, you know, I wish you could sit there and be like, Hey, I'm a really good actor. I think it's more like, you know, you, you have really great writers and you're on a really great show that has a really great story that has something to say. And you just want to make sure that you're doing, um, the, the, the writing diligence, you know, if, yeah. if they're writing this really great grounded dialogue, you have to make sure that you're grounded and stuff. And, you know, my dad worked for the city. Uh, I grew up on the South side of Chicago. So like, you know, for half, you know, my childhood, I lived in a neighborhood that was all firemen, cops and electrician. And my dad was an electrician. And so I grew up with, you know, that kind of like, I see that in my dad, like they were good guys. But, you know, growing up in the south side of Chicago, sometimes you just, there's a certain, you know, they just are certain kind of blue collar guys that would joke with each other and say things that were maybe not appropriate, but it was just weird as a kid to hear some of this stuff said so commonly that I think I borrowed from some of that, you know, when someone says something terrible, it's not totally uh, scary unless they just casually say it. If they lean into it, you're kind of like, yeah, that's, that guy's, that's weird. Mm -hmm. But when it's really casually said, you're like, ooh. That dude's weird. <laughs> so the show, uh, you know, it's been getting good reviews, you know, and uh, people are like, you know, people are watching and stuff like that. Have people stopped you in like in the streets saying, you know, you're a mean dude or. Uh, a couple of times I've been. Uh, yeah. The couple of times I've been um, recognized um, is they have been like definitely that's been brought up. Uh, and I'm usually with my friends who like don't help meet the situation. So they're like he's actually a worse person than he is on the show. <laughs> like that kind of stuff. Uh, but like, yeah, you definitely get like the, like, you know, are you like the, like, it, it's weird. I never, I didn't never thought that was something I'd ever even have to play or whatever, but yeah, it's definitely like, are you as terrible as you are? <laughs> like, no, but then you're sitting there trying to prove to her and you're like, I just want to hang out with my friends. Right. <laughs> what, I do you, um, what's some advice you give to somebody that, you know, now that you've been in the game for a while, like if they want to become an actor, what kind of advice do you give them? Uh, I think it's just like, I think the problem is that people think it's, yeah, it's a different kind of like uh, ball game, but like, I think it's no different than any other job where wherever you want to do in your life, you have to work really hard. And if you love something and you want to make it happen, you have to work on it all the time and you have to constantly want to get better. And you have to like work really extremely hard when no one's looking um, because you never know when your opportunity is going to 
you know, meet up with your hard work and that, you know, that luck and all that stuff, it all kind of hits at one time, but you don't know when. So you have to be prepared that you're always putting it in. Um, so I think, you know, talent and all that stuff, you know, that comes, that's part of it, but the hard work part is the part you can control. And I think that, you know, in life that we just like get really frustrated with things that are out of our control. So just control the things that you can control, which is like your work ethic and like being the hardest worker out there. I may not be the best actor, but I will outwork you every time. And there's nothing worse than any career or anything than being outworked by somebody, you know, but you know, at the end of the day, we're acting, you know, at the end of the day, I'm talking about playing a bad guy on TV and I get recognized sometimes and that's super cool. But like, you also have to have the thing of like, Hey, they're like doctors who save lives and teachers who make like not much money. And they're like super more important in this world. So you kind of have to have perspective too. Oh yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's some teachers that are underpaid. There's some teachers that are overpaid. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's true. Uh, Do you have like a dream role? Uh, man, no. Uh, I, I mean, I don't have a dream role. Uh, I don't think, I mean, I, I would love to get in one, get into one of those Marvel movies. That would be pretty awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, especially the way they're going right now. Six. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean the star Wars, that kind of stuff is like the kid inside me, like love to be in a, those kind of things, which will never happen. But like, oh. I don't know, like, uh, you never know, but, uh, no, I just, I like doing things that maybe like are, uh, now that this worked out, I like doing things out of my comfort zone where I can actually like be someone different. So yeah. it's funny when you said the kid in you, cause uh, earlier today I was out, I was out with my wife and she's like looking at me and like, she was like, why are you smirking? I was like, do you know who I have on the podcast next week that I'm recording with? And she's like, yeah, it's, it's Robin from Burt Ward. And I'm like, you don't get it. I get to talk to Burt Ward next oh my week. And, and she's oh like, my God. yeah. No and she's like, and she's like, well, you know, he's, you know, he's like, yeah, but he's from the sixties. I was like, so what? It's like, I grew up watching that in the eighties and, you know, it was like, oh yeah, it, it was dude. like I can I can't wait to talk to this guy. Oh hell yeah, dude! <laughs> I mean, that's like, I mean, there's Adam West and him. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. That's that is super cool, dude. Oh. I'm excited for you for that. That's awesome. Oh yeah, I, I, how old he's gonna be? He's got he's what did I see 64, 65, something like that. He might oh, be a little bit older. Cool. That's awesome. Oh yeah, and you that know, and awesome. she's like, she like she couldn't understand, and I was like, you don't get it. I was like, you know, it's like. It's just something that you oh. know, when we grew, when we were growing yeah. up, me and my brother would sit there and watch those. Oh, for sure, dude. Those were on, and those were on during the day. I remember watching those like three o'clock in the afternoon oh, with yeah. like the monkeys. I'd watch the oh, monkeys yeah. and like Batman. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. I, it, yeah, anything dorky like that. I mean, the actual actually the one cool dorky association I have with my career so far is that I was in Man of Steel. Okay. Uh, did you see? Did you yeah. see Man of Steel? Oh yeah. So like the I'm the family he saves at the end. That's Zod tries to kill when he kills Zod. Yep. Remember that's uh that's me that that's me with my permy hair at the end that he saves me and my family uh, to like save the movie. So to have that Oh yeah, you were in a Superman it, movie. It, it's cool. I was in a Superman movie. I was shot two days with Superman ten feet from me. He saved me to save the movie. That seems controversial because you know Superman doesn't kill. It's just like holy cow. That's one of my cool little dorky things. Were you were you a fan of the Superman from the 80s, the movies? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not like, I think I kind of lost interest after Richard Pryor showed up. Yeah, like, I, I think everybody we, did. <laughs> yeah, that that was actually on two nights ago. Uh, yes, there was, yeah, Superman was definitely, 
Christopher Reeves. It, yeah. yeah. I remember I always get super freaked out when Margot Kidder, uh, her car was getting like the, the dirt was filling it up and like that earthquake was happening. So I always get super freaked out. Yeah. And I know, you know, we mentioned earlier Batman and Michael Keaton. I mean, like for the for that time, Michael Keaton was the you know he was a great Batman, but like you know, Christian Bale took it to another level. Oh yeah, man, for sure. Uh, yeah, that those 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 uh, those Dark Knight. I mean, the Dark Knight in general is just like one of the greatest movies ever. I actually used it as like a reference. My buddy stopped by the other night. We were talking about something, and I don't know what came up, and it was like I was like. Yeah, we were talk- not talking about movies or anything, and I was just like, he was referencing something with a friend that, uh, of ours, and I was like, well, yeah, dude, that was 2008. Hello, that was 10 years ago. The Dark Knight, <laughs> right? Right. It's like 2008 is the Dark Knight, like, point of my life. It was, like, right. awesome. But still, it still freaks me out that he's gone. Like, Heath Ledger, that was one of the, like, most amazing performances oh, ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And to this day, when that movie's on TV, if there's nothing else on it, I leave it on there. Oh my god! All those movies. My 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 buddy actually. I'm gonna go watch uh, the Loyola game with later. One of my best friends since childhood, and he's like a TV freak. He watches everything, tapes everything, like Suits on USA to like Big Bang Theory to like Ozark. And he always gets mad at me because like here I am an actor on an awesome show, you know, and like I don't watch TV shows much. But every time Avengers is on, Dark Knight. Last night I watched Winter Soldier for the thirtieth thousand times. Oh, yeah. I watched that. And then I always send a picture of him, uh, a picture of the whatever I'm watching to him, and it gets him so upset. He's like, "Dude, there's so much good. Stop watching this stuff." <laughs> oh yeah. It's, I just get to turn my brain off, though. <laughs> so, uh, uh, do you have any other future projects uh, that are uh, coming out this year? Yeah, I'm, uh, I got a movie in the fall in November coming out that's called Widows, uh, directed by Steve McQueen, uh, Academy Award winner, and with a. Uh, Viola Davis and Liam Neeson and Colin Farrell and Robert Duvall wow. and God, Carrie, Carrie Coon. Yeah, everyone's in it. I have an, a nice little small part where uh, I have a handful of scenes playing a, another detective. Um, that, that's really cool. Uh, that should be a big one. Um, and then uh, I'm going to shoot a, a little indie movie next month uh, in May with uh, my partner from The Shy, uh, Armando Riesco. Uh, I'm going to go do a, a day or two on his new little independent film that he's making. So, yeah. yeah. When does uh, season two of The Shy start to uh, When do you guys start recording that? Uh, I don't know. No one's gotten any information yet. Uh, I think they just put a writer's room together recently uh, to start crafting what that is. Uh, but if it's anything like last year, I think they'll start shooting um, mid-June, you right. know, sometime in the summer. Yeah. yeah. All right. Is there anything else you want to tell the listeners before we end this? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm so boring, listeners. <laughs> yeah, right. This was great. This was a great, you know, we talked, we talked a little bit about everything. Yeah. Oh, man. I usually don't talk about myself this much. It's like way more. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. So how can the listeners... Go White Sox. There you go. How can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, I'm I'm finally uh, on Twitter a little uh, at BKing15. But uh, if you really want to... Yeah, where I'm more active and always on is uh, Instagram, at the son of Bozo. That's the handle, at the son of Bozo. Uh, that's pretty much where I hang. All right. Uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, hopefully we get you back on again. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. This I really appreciate it. It's great meeting you. Yeah.
Thanks so much for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles. Follow them on Twitter at the MCC Podcast. We'll catch you next time.